0: Guys, welcome to this very different setting for the barbershop. And unlike most panel discussions, which will go, Hey, Prachi, what about this? Hey, now it's your turn. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to drop questions in the air. And you guys can pick them up.
1: Like scan the GDP. I wouldn't be building a hair care brand.
2: I'd go into Web3 or something. To be fairly honest, we did not put in a lot of our own personal savings into the business.
0: On the phone, I can't make out the business. Their voices sound <laughs>
2: <laughs> It's very important to select your investors because
3: these are folks who will be with you for a long time. Surrounded by more women is a much better place to be know the worth of what you are bringing to the table there's a lot of sales which happens in every part yeah. of your life as a founder you are selling your product of course selling to get people on board on your team you're also selling to an investor to be able to get them on board so the
2: less...
0: soul also like a little. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> guys welcome to this uh you know a uh, very different setting for the barbershop thank you so much and unlike most panel discussions which will go hey prachi what about this (laughs) and hey twinkle now it's your turn we're going to do air time Mm -mm. i'm just going to drop questions in the air and you guys can pick them up we have two founders who have raised early stage capital and of course someone who does early stage capital for a living Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm going to start this off uh with asking probably the most important question that i had to answer when i raised our first round many many years ago which is how do you choose the right time to raise capital as a founder, right? Many people, in fact, most people in this audience are founders um, having raised capital or not. I fundamentally struggled and I continue to struggle with having clarity of deployment when raising beforehand because most investors will ask and you should correct this if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. will ask where are you going to spend it, Yeah. right? And you don't know the answer to that and the honest answer is I don't know, right? (laughs) Bank mein to abhi hai yeah. pata nahe, right? So hmm. uh, how do you guys figure out what's the right time today's capital? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, can, I can go first. Yes. So um, I think it'll it'll definitely vary based on what category you're building in. Uh, for me and I, I remember getting very good advice from Shalab Gupta, who yeah. you know uh, who built a Kiva. So he said like you should, you should raise at the point where you feel you really need the money to be able to do anything at all. Up yeah. until that point, just bootstrap, right? Focus on uh, strategy, focus on execution, focus on getting kind of the foundation set. Uh, even for hiring, he gave me the same advice. Yeah. He was like, when you get to a point where you need people, only do it then. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. It is very time consuming, mm. right? Uh, it takes a lot of time just to do all of the networking and the hustle. and refining the page and then the paperwork oh my good god
0: uh-huh.
2: um
1: so uh, so it will be it will be time consuming right and uh, having said that you have to you have to get it done and you have to spend the time finding the right folks but uh, you should do it when you really feel like you need the money i think for us we needed it even to get off the ground yeah uh, not only to scale my savings were not enough for me to be able to launch so we we raised kind of post product development but pre-launch uh, a couple of months ago mm-hmm. we had the products in hand we had the basics of our brand in place uh, but we felt even to go to market, you know, it, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah. So that is how we
2: took the call. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I think Wilson? how we thought about it is that in 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 our minds there are two points to raise funds. One <coughs> is to kind of prove that this business or this idea works. Like there is some there is some ray of hope in this idea, which I would maybe call product market fit. Okay. So there is some amount of money I need to show success, initial success, and product market fit in the market to my consumers. And then there's capital to kind of just grow and expand and market. In my mind, I think the first step was, you need to see how much money you need just to get that product market fit. And that's the call we took, that in order to maybe able to have so many products launched in the market and be able to sell XY units, I'll probably need so much capital. I'll need some capital for inventory. I'll need some capital for marketing. I'll probably need to hire a few people. And that's how I did the back calculation of, in order to be able to show at least some early signs of success, this is the amount of money I need. And and that's how I decided that this is the right time to kind of go ahead and just raise it. I think it's also a personal call. So for example, for me, it's much easier to be in the flow of something and get it done. So personally, I think the earlier we raise the capital for product market fit, uh, i personally feel it was better easier because once it was done and dusted all focus everything just on execution. on the execution yeah, yeah. so for i think those were the two factors pmf and flow. Uh, the flow personal That's very flow.
0: interesting prachi how do you see how do you see founders who do this well in terms of timing fundraises in terms of not only stage of business
2: mm-hmm.
0: but also in terms of bandwidth optimization of self because typically very few founders especially early stage founders will have the ability to delegate fundraising in any meaningful way so it's always you doing it you're also building out the business so how do you see like best in class fundraising practices what do good founders do well
3: so i think what twinkle mentioned around the two milestones one which is you know you've quit your company or wherever you are and you think that you know you want to fundraise or you want to or you want to sorry you want to start up uh, at that point of time, there is a you know phase where you want to validate what you want to do, right? Which is, does this product really have a market, um, and you know how large can it be, and so on. So that is the first milestone, and it might or might not need capital. It depends on you know what kind of sector that you're building in. Uh, you know, since we are here with two, you know, consumer founders, maybe if we were to just <coughs> focus on maybe consumer product companies, whatever it needs for you to be able to get maybe the first sample or the batch of products, and to be able to test it at least with a small set of customers, so that is maybe your validation stage. Um, Once that is done, the second milestone essentially is your getting to some early signs of product market fit, which is, you know, by product market fit, we would mean, you know, some customer love. So, you know, very good customer satisfaction score or NPS repeats to some scale, you know, all of those two, three things together. So a lot of times, many founders think about the first milestone that they'd want to do with their own savings because they feel like, hey, you know, I can get to, you know, some sample product or something of that sort by myself. And for the second milestone, I want to then raise, right? Um, And like you mentioned, uh, I guess fundraising, honestly, I would say with all the founders who put all the hard work into, you know, building a product, building a team, fundraising is hard and it takes a lot of time. So whatever helps you to just get done with it and move on to building it, I think is best. So the number of times you can reduce, I guess, fundraising is probably the best. No. Can, I,
1: can I add to that? I yeah, think, of course. So I was a, a solo founder at the time. So it just, it felt, I think that was a point where it felt like 70% of my time or my waking hours just went into this. Mm. Was and
0: it Was it a function it, of how much work you had to do? or was it a function of how much it played on your mind because these are two different things
1: the work I Okay. but I realized I was going about it in a way and I I spoke to someone else who who was saying this to me as well Um, and I now can't recall who it was get help right Um, on both fronts I think there are definitely some things that you absolutely cannot delegate like making the pitch meeting people right (laughs) Uh, I think I remember asking you also, I was like, can I try I just get people onto a call? Yeah. Like, know each other otherwise like, you gotta, like the, the grind is a part of it, but um, I think delegating other business critical things, uh, getting my husband to help out with a lot of it also, um, right? Because we were working on product there, we were working on brand. So trying to delegate some of that, uh, started hiring my early team also earlier than I thought I would have to, just so that all of that could sort of be, be managed. And even in terms of the actual fundraise, right? Um, getting advisors. I wanted to only kind of because we were bootstrapped, there wasn't that much money to spend. Um, I wanted to wait to get like a lawyer, Badmage of Shareholders' Agreement, etc. But even to do the early kind of term sheet and all of that, I think it's very much worth the investment to get someone. You don't want to get the most expensive CA in the world, but someone who has some experience doing early stage fundraise, it makes a world of difference because why reinvent that wheel, right? There yeah. are people who yeah. know this yeah. yeah, document, yeah, compliance is yeah like do not think of doing it yourself it is penny-wise,
0: found foolish yeah no i completely agree i think some even i think <coughs> i was told very early that a good lawyer a good accountant are absolute over investments that make a lot For of sense sure. i completely agree with you For sure. I, think, I think rahul at matrix had told me this i would how many people in this room are founders who have thought about fundraising or raise capital at some point or the other Ah very mm. good. We have I think this is the this is the right audience. <laughs> I wanted to ask you I wanted to ask you guys a specific specific question, uh, Nikita and Twinkle. And this might be like very tactical, okay? But I think it's important because the more founders I talk to, the more relevant it is to them. What percentage of your savings do you put into a company before you start feeling uncomfortable about opportunity cost of both capital and time to get to this PMF thing this, that you and Prachi spoke about? This is
1: a very personal. I know, hence the
0: question, (laughs) but how do you think about it? Okay, forget about the number, but how how do you think about it? How do you think about
1: it? For me, it was not a percentage of savings necessarily. I think it wasn't that it was getting to a point where I felt like I need this much to be okay. Having said that, I think there is the privilege of like, I I don't have any dependents. I'm not, I don't have kids yet. I'm not supporting my parents, you know, they, they manage their own thing. Uh, and my husband is earning so you know the lights will stay on we can pay the rent, right? Uh, so all of that I think is is very helpful. Uh, but having said that there was still there was a number mm-hmm. in mind where I was like, Isse kam agar gaya, the then I'm gonna start feeling super uncomfortable. Okay. So for me that number was like fifteen lakhs. Okay. Uh, based on four and a half years of McKinsey savings. I spent a
0: lot. Yeah.
1: Like a significant multiple of that already.
0: Yeah so I remember <coughs> for me I had fifty lakhs in my account when yeah. I left and there was no salary and i put all of that into bombay shaving company mentally all we done go in one shot and i didn't transfer it to a bank account so i made it a loan kind of it was a loan on uh, uh, to the company from well,
4: my you know, side done that. right yeah.
0: Yeah. but mentally what happens is then you start writing checks very quickly so hmm. we first ordered our i don't know if you Rithika will probably <coughs> remember if she was uh, if she does but our first order was 5000 shaving cream tubes hmm. so I, I think eight and a half rupees for the tube and twenty-three rupees conversion. Hmm. And that was one check that I had to write. Hmm. And then the second one. And yeah. then salaries of three people. And then yeah. it just became it balloon, right? So you it's easy to bootstrap, especially yeah. in businesses where revenues are, are backloaded.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: But it's very difficult to actually see that money going away and then you start feeling okay. Yeah. And it I was was, it's hard, hard
2: to anticipate. Sorry, sorry. No, I was just I was saying it's all it also really depends on your personal situation. Yeah. For example, in our case, we were both both life partners, husband and wife, jumping in and starting a venture. So for us, it was not just about, you know, where will money come to invest in the business? It was about how will we just do Keep the, the basics? Yeah. Where will rent come from? Where How will we maintain a basic lifestyle that we have? So I think it also depends on your personal situation of how comfortable you are in putting in your life savings. So to be fairly honest, we did not put in a lot of our own personal savings into the business because we realized that our funds are now going to dry up for a long period of time and we need to divert a lot of those funds in our personal expenses because there is no salary coming our way now for a long time and uh, and so yeah, we did not put um, a big chunk of savings into the business that's why we tried to raise as early as possible so that we did not have to put too much personal (coughs) and whatever we did was Initial to kind of get by to register the company to get to the first set of samples in R&D But post that we did not
0: so how much have you guys raised us for the audience? I, I am very privileged to be an investor in both places. So thank you both so much <laughs> But how much have you raised us from a context? Standpoint?
1: Uh, we we've raised five and a half crores Similar we raised about six crores. six
0: crores So this is what is classically a seed round right? Both businesses have not launched in the market but tremendous efforts have gone in for a few months are sizable amounts of checks both nikita and prinkle kind of come in with tremendous personal pedigree as well so they have been able to capture checks uh, and investments from a large number how many how many investors do you have we
2: have about 34 investors and then 30. Prachi was very kind to give us a grant as well <laughs> yeah okay. through spark through
0: spark. So, spark and what about you 41. so 35 investors and 41 investors so guys you have to think about this 35 investors each investor will require a conversation around the idea, around the team, around investment thesis, which is what is the valuation, who else is coming in, um, uh, what are the preferences that we are going to get in terms of rights and how much am I going to put into your company. Can I try the product? Oh oh really? I couldn't (laughs) There is no product right now. So that is 40 40 each multiplied by probably five conversations which is 200 successful conversations not to say maybe the 15 20 and in some cases where people are coming into a new city or they don't have the networks that becomes almost 400 500 conversations if you're going to do an angel round right Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're right in the sense that it it is time consuming and rejection plays on your mind a lot Uh, Raji, how do you kind of think about choosing between large number of angels and of course i know you're vested in the answer here
5: but <laughs> <laughs>
0: choosing a large number of angels or going with an institutional early state, early state check of maybe 100k 200k to maybe even a couple of million which a lot of not only venture capital but you now have family offices you have you know a lot of syndicates that are right. you know, lo- there are now lo- options for capital but how do you think about choosing given uh, given that you're you know
3: you're in um, the game well, especially at early stages, you know, if you're able to reduce the number of, you know, meetings as possible, then of course, precious you know, time. Yeah, <laughs> precious time and if you can get back to buildings and so if you're able to find one or two, not institutional investors, just investors who can speak for maybe larger parts of the round, of course, it helps you. Um, But if not, I guess there are um, a lot of, um, I'd say micro VCs, angels who also run syndicates. So you don't actually have to go through many, many rounds of conversations or pitching to them. Again, there is no right answer to whether, you know, is X number big or big or small. Um, at, At a point when you just want to launch and you want to get back to building, sometimes the right investor for you is the one who's willing to cut your check and yeah. so which just helps you move on and then get back to building so no right answer i guess um we see consumer brands sort of you know or, or startups across different sectors raised from different type of angels as well right sometimes they've only raised from a lot of ex-founders such as, you know, or, or founders such as say, Shantanu or they've gone to micro VCs or they've had, uh, you know, syndicates uh, sort of, uh, you know, help the round put together. But when we are evaluating, say, for example, for the next round, at that point of time, it's just the company and the founder which matters yeah. and nothing else. Um, so, yeah, I guess no right answer. So, every, every founder can sort of make their own cocktail or whatever it works.
0: What do you look for in a founder when you, like, because you have very little data to go on. So yeah. businesses are probably infant businesses at best, sometimes yeah. idea stage. sometimes it's just the founder who has this passionate and is evaluating two, three things, right? How do you, and I know a lot of this comes down to judgment and gut and references, <laughs> but can you go a little deeper, Brachi? at a personal level, I wouldn't ask about how your firm does it, but I want to know how you do it. Right. Which is what, do you, what do you look for specifically with such opaque uh, sense of data?
3: So I think at very, very early stages, there, is, there are only two things that you could potentially judge or evaluate. One is the founder and the other thing is the market. right? And so now let's talk about the most important thing which is the founder. Right? Um, I think the most important thing essentially becomes uh, the founder market fit or the insight which goes behind why they want to start this. Right? Uh, now there are two kinds of founders, one which is they face that problem themselves So they know, okay, boss, you know, I have faced this problem. So that's why I want to solve it, and I'm very passionate about it. And the other type of founder is very, like, top-down. I identified this opportunity. like these legacy brands in it, or this is a category which is growing a lot, and, you know, I want to build in this. I think within both, both kind of founders can be successful. No right answer. But I think the most important thing is what is the most valuable insight that they have, which probably someone else does not. And maybe that comes from being able to... Uh, maybe they've experienced that problem before, um, or they've probably been able to speak to many stakeholders in the ecosystem, and that gives them that sort of you know understanding. Or they have you know some proprietary access to either some distribution or manufacturing, which helps them gain very sort of unfair advantage to win. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think this is sort of on the you know on the parts of where you know insight and how they feel about you know the market, all of those things come in. But I guess a lot of it is very, I wish I had an answer to this thing of being mm-hmm. able to explain, yeah. right? When you sit down with a founder, you, yeah. you know, sit, uh, sit, sit with them for a dinner, lunch, whatever, a, a coffee, drink, whatever it is. There is a certain type of feeling which, you know, there is a feeling which clicks. Uh, which is, you know, somewhere deep down that, you know, this person is super passionate and I would be so privileged to be able to work with them. Right, um, and in some ways, uh, life as a VC is very dependent on the kind of founders you'd partner with, right? Um, so I wish I had an answer to explain that feeling. The click. The click. Instinct. Um, and, and that how instinct. How long does the click
0: take? <laughs> no, it's.
3: A you know, sometimes it takes maybe a couple of meetings. Sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it you you take time to get to know the it's founder. Like finding a life partner, It is. Yeah. It is actually. Sometimes
0: it's That's like it's post- Sometimes it's that. Like a a of dating, like. You're like Seed State will get to like series G by that time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no well, one. we don't have time
3: as much as to series <laughs> <laughs> G at
4: Seed.
2: Just know also that But you're right. Everything in business is almost like marriage-like.
3: Right? Yeah. yeah.
2: All these partnerships.
3: So I guess on the founder piece, I guess that and then, you know, the basic, you know, things around the market that mm. it should be a large market or should become a large market later and so on. But I guess the click is probably the most special and important thing when you're partnering with a founder. Mm.
0: Have you ever had a situation where the click has not happened for you mm-hmm. and the founder has gone on to prove you wrong and you're like, so what What did you learn? Like I love asking professional yeah, investors yeah, I this. Week, how much of, how, how, how big <laughs> is your anti portfolio to the extent uh-huh. that hey, I missed out on these four for these reasons and they're very legitimate reasons because you again have very little data but they went on to do something. So let me kind of recorrect the way I look at founders and personally I can imagine it to be kind of comfort with a background for example that this person comes with this kind of expertise or you know speaks articulately about business in a particular way uh, which many times very traditional business folks from india don't have like the barber shop has given me the opportunity to meet people who if i meet them in any other context i would never imagine them to be just the successful business leaders that they are so we come with biases what biases of yours do you or, or are you saying that hey the Process is so well tuned that it kind of takes care of that in a nice way.
3: So it's been about three years that I've been, you know, in the seed business. Um, I'd say in hindsight, maybe what I should try and do more of is basically try to uh, focus on meeting folks, founders, more in person. You know, for the first year and a half or two years, we were operating, you know, out of you know our offices, uh, sorry, out of our homes, um, and you know we didn't get to meet people in, uh, you know, founders in person and, and actually meeting people in person and being able to feel that vibe in a way or, you know, I think has a very different feeling. It's very difficult to judge people, um, you know, just through a computer screen, for example. Mm-hmm right it's very hard to judge ambition understanding and there are so many smaller things around just body language when the person is sitting in the room with you which you know you can't explain but your brain is probably programmed to learn from those actions yeah. um, and so uh, whenever i mean this goes both ways so if there is an investor or if there is a founder for you know that's learning from that you really like just take the next flight and then just go and meet them yeah. uh, it does make a world of difference yeah.
0: amazing Nikita and Twinkle, you guys have, you know, have. It's been a nascent journey, but still a learn, you know, high learning one. Um, What, what do you solicit from your investors in terms of help beyond capital? Do you think that they have helped you, and did that govern your choice of who will get to invest in your companies, or did you just say, look, you have a good reputation as long as you're not. Giving me black money, cash, uh, capital, <laughs> rather, and you come in. But or or did you say, hey, you know what? You're going to help me for this. You're going to help me for that. And then did you kind of select your investors or?
2: Yeah. Uh, think? I think it's it's very important to select your investors because these are these are folks who'll be with you for a long time. Uh, they are the folks who'll encourage you, support you. In addition to providing capital, uh, who'll also ask you questions. Uh, and that's why it's really important to have that that kind of a rubric on who are the kind of people I would like to have on my cap table. So number one, yes, it's definitely important to be selective uh, with who are your investors. Having said that, I think you can't be too selective also because I would also say we shouldn't be letting money go okay. on the table. Yeah. So I, I think there's is, this is a balance you need to strike that, um, you know, like, is this, is this investor, someone uh, who I would want to be on my cap table, even in my bad times, then I think the answer is yes. Um, and yes, don't leave money on the table. Um, at the same time, I think it, investors, your angels, are are literally angels. Like they really help you uh, in very nascent, nascent kind of stages. And very specific examples would be like you know, which, which photography agency should I hire? There's a D2C brand builder who probably knows a good photography, photography agency. There's a person who knows a good brand agency. You know, there's a person who knows, uh, you know, these are the terms you should, be, you should read on your term sheet very carefully. So I think just uh, the frequently made mistakes, kind of like you get to know them. And also you do not repeat and reinvent the wheel which a founder or an angel can already help you with. Also, you get great connections. I mean, angels do help you in introducing you to people and making connections. So I think it's it's definitely a mix of both. I
5: completely
2: agree. I think our capital is is a mix. We have a lot
1: of you know. There's that term uh, FFF friends, family, and fools.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been building this for a, for a long time. I've been talking about it for two years and building for one and a half. Uh, so we do have friends, family and fools out on the cap table and we, we didn't keep like a large minimum check size. So yeah. we got that, but we have a lot of strategic angels also. Uh, I think completely agreed with Twinkle. Um, maybe just a few things to add. One is uh, the most important thing probably even more than uh, how strategic they are is a vibe check um, yeah. or a vibe match as the kids say. Um, it's like a values level match right are you on the same wavelength are they excited about what you're building yeah. you don't have to agree on every decision you're not even gonna like you said discuss every decision right an yeah. angel is the opposite of a shock yeah. uh, <laughs> so the but uh, you you need to feel it's like you, even when you hire your uh, founding team right Even your employees i think yeah. it's important to have that vibe match and other than that uh, i think the best way to solve this uh, in terms of how people can help if they've built in a similar category or they have been investors in similar businesses uh, then they have a really good perspective, like Twinkle said, they open a lot of doors for you. Uh, if they, if they've built something that is not too similar to what you've built, uh, I asked everyone, how do you think you can help, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, how will you help me? And they would say things like, uh, you know, maybe I can introduce you to a few more people who might want to invest, right? That is the first way in which they help. Yeah. I remember you Rahul said, uh, we can take interviews for you. Yeah. If you want us to, because I, for instance, if I've never done performance marketing, I don't even know what to ask a performance yeah. marketer. Right. so things like that I think uh, your angels are kind of best positioned to tell you uh, how they'll be able to add value so I did that in, in every conversation and in a friendly way
0: yeah actually it's a very interesting thing <coughs> I used to very shamelessly use my angels so I've gotten Toshan to do performance Toshan is is a guest on the barbershop as you've seen but was also my boss at Nikkeesian angel at Bombay shaving company <coughs> Toshan uh, did our first set of performance evaluation so he was like the person who kind of gave ratings to our wow. initial team then for interviews and most recently I have actually started using the board to give messages to colleagues, senior colleagues especially, mm-hmm. which I would actually feel that the weight from my side would not carry through, if I have to give a tough message, I actually use the board to do it wow. uh, rather than doing it myself because it saves the relationship in a from an awkward yeah. moment but also more importantly carries weight, so mm-hmm. I think we, I did not foresee some of the investors playing that role when they came on board 7-8 years back yeah. but today for example they play roles and it has nothing to do with check yeah. yeah. So uh, we have people who put like a 15 days of their salary because that's all they had at that time because they were founders themselves. Harpreet Grover, for example, you know Sardar Ji said, you yeah, have saving business, I'll what do I You know, I went to his house, I kind of his wife Bhakti made poha for me, I pitched to him and I couldn't like really get through to him because we used to have a razor and all. <laughs> he said I I just cannot get the vibe and is the founder of CoCubes I don't mm. know if you guys they sold to Aon he runs this uh, Instagram channel called being a curious parent or something he's a fantastic guy but he called me up three days later and said yeah <laughs> so it was the smallest check in yeah. our round but it was by far uh, wow. the most valuable uh, angel uh, yeah. uh, Participation in multiple. I completely
2: ways. agree. I think the check size does not matter not at all. all. I, I think inverse relationship so far. <laughs> we actually did not even keep a minimum check size. We yeah. were like, we will never ask an angel to put in money more than what he or she feels comfortable with yeah. because, uh, I mean, angel investing is, uh, is risky, right? Yeah. So I think the check size just does not matter I, I in terms of how helpful an angel right. can be. Uh, I found that people who were building recently, the world has
1: changed a lot after the pandemic for consumer brands. People who have been building in recent times and have been kind of early-ish stage in recent times are the most helpful and ha- they have the least money to put into an angel <laughs> check. So I was like, I need your advice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you skin in the game. Uh, and, and people are really helpful, right? They're like, I don't need to have skin in the game. And I'm like, no, but I would like to give you that, right? Because yeah. your advice is like super
0: helpful. This is one thing that I would love the audience to actually take away is, and I don't know how many people here have been founders for a long period of time, but if you have been recent founder, you have started up recently, I think it is very likely that you will underestimate the power of the founder ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And this is a great place for us to get to know each other, but this is one of many. So look at people who have been founders from your places where you worked or in your societies or, you know, from school or college or wherever, right? and get together because nobody will understand your pain as much as someone who's gone through it themselves. I think a close second would be investors who invest in early stage founders because death rates of those businesses are very high. So they kind of have seen it at scale, like they will have multiple data points, but from some distance. But as founders do try to create ecosystems of brotherhood and sisterhood where you can just call up, Vireyvant Bhate for example is someone who I would just call up randomly to just moan man, what the (laughs) f**k and then because like in my case strategic investors came very early institutionally Mm -hmm. so it was complicated legally right so uh, Revant was was, was a great help.
3: Is there a way to maybe identify more Harpreets for example like how do you get to them?
0: I think reputation matters Mm -hmm. so now you will never have a Harpreet making a first investment in you. you, that person would have made five other investments and the reason i wanted her please is because i had spoken to founders he had invested in mm-hmm. so i knew him in my case it just didn't match for mm-hmm. very different reasons mm-hmm. but it eventually came through so that was great so when you're evaluating angels do look at their track record now yeah. people who are angel investors are serial angels right people yeah. have right 10 15 20 kunal shah of the world of 200 checks right so
2: yeah.
0: um, they have a reputation uh, and other founders will be very happy to talk about you know how how they help and in, in general it's very positive right
2: do
1: their founders over here in, in the room like I told Yudhishti, Sachi who've been so helpful right you ask them any question uh, and they'll you, you will get more value than you would ever yeah. anticipated when you ask and on, on using angels well right so I keep bumping into Kunal Suri yeah. in Van Horizon Center and he's built something completely different yeah. right and he tells me also he always says he opens with a caveat that I don't know what it's like to build in your, build in your space and then he gives me like really epic advice yeah. because there are so many things that are common about how to think about hiring how to think about building and the thing about moaning right yeah. like he's in his face and he'll be like kya ho
5: gaya <laughs> 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 so he told me at the
1: end of that conversation on, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago and he said you know something I didn't do well when I raised my angel around was I didn't use the people on my cap table as well as you do and i was like no i i'm not using the other people well i just keep running into you uh-huh. but clearly you know i should because every conversation is is super helpful right because there are things that are sector agnostic yeah. and yeah. and it's just hard taking decisions you know with limited information is hard and you know what that's like
0: yeah so kunal for those for the uninitiated kunal suri was the founder of a company is the founder of a company called Simsim, yeah. and and probably the quickest journey from founding a business in 2019 yeah. To selling it to Google in 2021, so it was I think 720 days of existence wow. independently before it got acquired, and now Kunal and sort work at <laughs> work at Google as well. Um, I wanted to actually open it up to the audience because I'm sure there are a lot of things, and uh, I, I get that there is an indexation of consumer brands here, just given my personal uh, networks and you know on uh, uh, on 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 the you know on the show, but I think. A lot of the things that are spoken about in terms of how do you think about choosing investors to terms of investment, to uh, working with them, to quantum, I think will be industry agnostic, probably not time agnostic because this will probably be relevant for the first couple of years. If yeah. you're bootstrapping beyond the first couple of years, then I think you're golden. Okay, Because what you're doing is you're saying I'm going to index time over capital, which by the way is one of the most incredible ways to preserve equity. I think the three, like I definitely have not done that. The both of you have kind of taken a step towards not doing it, but you might want to hold it now. But those of you who are in the audience and thinking, I don't want to raise money. I actually love owning my entire business and owning all the profits that come out of it. That's golden. Okay. Like genuinely people don't talk about it as much, but uh, if you're able to do that and build something sizable and own all of it or a majority chunk of it, it's 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 quite incredible. I, I think Asian Paints is a classical example of a 35,000 crore top-line business, which is still 52% owned by the by the promoters, incredible. despite being public, mm-hmm. like right? Go
2: colors. Yeah, go colors also.
0: Right, yeah. very well done. Um, anyways, show of hands uh, on questions and just kind of go for it. it there is no wrong question here. Yes. Uh, one question was.
2: You
0: well, could you introduce yourself and what you do, and then ask the question? Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we run like a creative
1: agency, but we're wanting to scale and do things. But the question also initially raised around funding, um, despite being a not so scalable business. Uh, and you talked about the fact that reputation matters. Shanku, you said that, about people you pick money from. But one thing that I wanted to ask uh, Prachi was that you said that you know when you look for founders, you look for the click, right? So what are some indicators of that click and uh, uh, sorry nikita you mentioned about uh, you mentioned about the white check so just trying to get a sense of what does that really mean I think i start with project want to
5: know from the project.
3: yeah uh thank you for the question um i would say um, the outcome or the understanding that any investor <laughs> wants out of you know interacting with anybody and by the way this also should exist on the other side as a founder you should also judge your investors and you know sort of have that kind of understanding but uh, through whatever those (coughs) interactions are what we're trying to understand is one how passionate or dedicated is this entrepreneur right Um, second is how much of an understanding does this person have of the market Um, are they in it to build this for the long term Right. Um, And I think these two, three things around just dedication, uh, understanding of the market um, and matching of values, right, which is building it the right way. I think those are the few things that you want to try and understand. And the way maybe we try to sort of understand that for ourselves is probably um, uh, asking them about, their past experiences why they made like certain switches and say jobs or why they made certain decisions right uh, what is their motivation to start up a lot of these things around how they speak about you know their past sort of jobs or decisions it gives you a sense of how motivated this person is how devoted this person would be to building the company i think these are the few things that you want to sort of as an investor want to at least get comfort on um, and this could be many things so one is interacting with the founder I might also try and ask him or her on, you know, hey, is there someone from your past employer I can speak with, right? Uh, I think your past manager, your colleagues are, you know, best sort of position to be able to also vouch for you. So those are few things that, uh, you know, which could probably be characterized as the click.
0: Before I give it to Nikita, I I completely agree with her. I think as as she was talking, the one thing that comes to me, and it is not just about founder investor, it is also about sometimes finding a co-founder It is also sometimes when it's in a senior hiring discussion that you're looking for a click, right? For me, the proxy for a click is when you start completing each other's sentences. Mm -hmm. And I see this Mm -hmm. very, very often. (laughs) Like the moment you get a vibe check, you start saying, the person's saying what I'm thinking before I'm saying it. And that's, you know that, okay, you're home. (laughs) Then you, of course, like things around value checks and so on, you have to be, be sure about that stuff. But that's the first indicator that you guys will get along is when Wavelengths match where you start completing each other's sentences. Kunal and Saurabh do this a lot, by the way. But on the phone, I can't make out the difference. Their voices sound so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, that's too much. But um, it's essential. Sorry, she asked you a question on the mind check. Yeah. So, so, checked,
1: so that, yes, that yes. So I'll i have to give you I'll digress for a bit. I'll give you a little bit of context on why this was so important for me. Uh, so uh, my my brand Moxie, we are building uh, in a very we are a very purpose-led brand. Right. I didn't people start up for different reasons. I didn't like scan the GDP and like, I wouldn't (laughs) be building a hair care brand. I would go into web three or something. Right. So we exist for one reason alone. And that is to make sure that our girls never have to grow up feeling like their natural hair is ugly or is not good enough. Mm -hmm. So I talk about that a lot during my pitch. Um, I, I think, so we want to build excellent products that are kind of made for Indian people global products never are uh, nor do they show it I think there is there's a product part to it and there's also the imagery it's very Eurocentric and I think it is only a little better I I put it in the same category as ferris creams in a way right so I feel very strongly about this um, and I talk about it a lot and there are people that don't get it right and they'll be like but shampoo to bohat hai. why don't you think about starting an e-commerce portal, yeah. abhi aap aap crypto mein kyun nahi and all of that right so that's a massive red flag and having said that I'm not opposed to pivoting like I will do what it takes to build an incredible brand because I want to I want to have impact right it's uh, if the question is on do you want to build a business for four people and, and be happy that's not an investable business. Uh, I want to build something that is very impactful. But I will pivot based on what my consumer wants, what young women in India want, young people in India, but, but women to start with. Um, and if people are not excited or moved by that, then they're not going to understand, they're not going to have the patience that I need them to have, right? So I think given that context, the moment people would be like, why don't you think about Web3? I'd be like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not going to work, right? So I mean, that's a very extreme example. But I think even otherwise, the kinds of questions people ask uh, I'm happy to talk out the business and at an early stage, I think what Prachi and Shantanu were also saying, there aren't really any numbers to look at. We haven't started selling yet. I can tell you what the plan is, uh, but I definitely also need you to to at least at some level understand what, what we're trying to do, because while we are trying to build a large business, we are also trying to solve a problem. And I've had investors ask me things like, and someone from a fund, from a, a top fund asked me, not that I was trying to pick up fund money, he asked, um, are you trying to solve like for a mission or are you trying to build a very large economic engine and I was like I I don't understand why these two things have to be mutually exclusive Um, I don't think unless you are solving a deep problem you can ever build a sustainable large economic engine Mm. and I think there is a right way to build it and if, if you don't have the patience for that and you see these as disassociated things.
3: Uh, thank you and have a good day.
5: Right?
3: So uh, I feel I feel strongly about it. Sorry, long answer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll just add to that actually. And one of the things, um, you know, I've learned through, you know, of course, a lot of us spark founders, especially, you know, at early stages is that all founders have to, or I mean, you guys can speak better. At, uh, at this is that. Um, there's a lot of sales which happens in every part yeah. of your life as a founder yeah. you're also you're selling to your maybe you're selling your product of course you're selling your product uh, second is you're selling to get people on board on your team so you're selling there and then you're also maybe in the first few meetings you're also selling to an investor to be able to get them on board and, and so the less uh, maybe not. Um, and so, um, so the less you can, you have to do the selling is more you can actually, you know, put your energy behind doing the right things around building. And so, being actually very aligned with your investor, if you don't have to sell to another person that you're going to essentially be working with for a long period of time. So, if there is alignment in m- vision and you, and the mission, you know, that just makes your journey a lot more easier. Right? And, and this is, a lot of times founders think, hey, you know, investors are the ones who probably have the capital. So if they say yes, then, you know, I, I want to just go ahead and partner with them. But you should definitely have, like, a nice strict check about the kind of people you want to be working with. Uh, you know, you're going to spend a few hours a month with them. Um, and so that's, that, that, that's a good amount of time. And, and that too over a lo- long period of time. Awesome. Yes.
2: One thing which is a deal breaker when it comes to you know really investing or you know putting yourself behind something. What would that be? I can take
0: that. (laughs) Very easy
2: answer.
0: Anyone who has had the whiff of having done things that are wrong, like founders who have stolen, uh, people who have been unfair to employees, um, uh, investors who have rescinded uh, a commitment which had reached a particular place without a reasonable reason so for example if diligence falls through, that's completely fine yeah. but rescind it for other reasons that don't make sense so any bad form of this nature either way, some founders display it, investors displayed employees displayed if there is history of this in the past and i look for it by the okay. way uh, it's the conversation is a non-starter yeah. so for me that's it, it's it and there's no other there's no other deal breaker honestly
2: I think for me, it's just basic respect. I think all of the partnerships are equal partnerships in a business. Whether you get an investor on board, uh, whether you're hiring someone, whether you're just you know partnering with an agency. So for me, if I if I feel that I did not feel respected in a particular conversation or situation, I think it's not healthy to go ahead with that because it will somehow come back later in some form. So respect. Is like the biggest thing for me. How, it's like how, a deal breaker.
0: How do you? Uh, sorry, I'm just going to. Go when you say respect, does like can you qualify that in a particular? Is, is it behavioral? Yes. Is it?
2: I think it's mostly behavioral because see, I, I wouldn't want to confuse respect with feedback. Mm. Uh, people have. Uh, I think you should always be open to feedback. That's the only way we grow. Uh, but there's a way of delivering feedback. There's a way there's body language, uh, there is also how much of the feedback is facts versus judgment. So I I, I think for me, I think again, it all it's, it all, comes to like vibe, instinct and gut. But if your gut is saying that, you know, I, it was all fine, but I just did not feel respected or I did not feel, um, I did not feel like uh, the best version of myself when I was in the meeting room, meeting room, then I think it's a, it's a deal breaker.
0: I completely agree with you. In fact, Siddha and I were in a, Fundraising situation a year and a half back, I don't know I don't know where she is, but uh, we were talking through a discussion. Uh, This was, and I'll name them here, but we were with and one of their partners was sitting in a circle, like one of those rotating chairs. And when the introductions of the team were going on, there were four or five people. He was rotating in his chair and like kind of looking here and there, and then he kind of cut someone off, went to the (laughs) curtain and said, look at the view. This is express stars like our office is here we know the view right so really but anyways uh, the issue was within the first 10 minutes for me the deal was never going to happen and we told our bankers we were this is a banker run process etc so i felt like we need to shut the laptops and leave but we kind of respected the decorum of the room and the institution because a fantastic institution the behavior of one individual on one day should not define it but Unfortunately, the outcome of that is that the investment would never happen. So respect is a deal breaker, I agree with you. Sorry, Sorry. Um, I
3: think, (laughs) I was looking at you, so I guess I have to answer. No, no, it's okay. At least you
0: said for each of you, what is a deal breaker? Um,
3: In the process, at least, you know, uh, I would agree with what Shantanu mentioned around, um, you know, past values, you know, experiences, all of those things, respect. Just in the process, I would say um, it's also um, you know something is to be said about how authentic the founder is, um, and you know of course when you are on a stage when you are you know doing a podcast, there's some of course we you know I, this is not how I sit and speak when I'm in my living room, but posturing to such an extent where uh, you're probably representing something that the company is not, the numbers are not, um, and one small example about this would be that. Uh, and of course, I understand because fundraising is hard that a lot of founders think, hey, let me create a little bit of FOMO in the process. I tell you, it's still like you know, last stage of the process. You have to give me a decision now quickly. right? Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, the, the VC ecosystem is very tiny. Yeah. And so everyone's like, uh, you know, they're able to check whether or not this is happening, right? And so if anyone gets to know about this, you know, so quickly, you know, you feel like, you know, besides all the other aspects of the business, you end up, you know, feeling a little bad about, you know, the founder lying to you a little <coughs> bit on that aspect. So, uh, I think the broader message is about being authentic, of course, uh, but you know that the posturing piece, of course, you know, we have to be a certain way when you're presenting, speaking about the business, all of that, but just make sure or making sure that you're the right representation of the business and who you are or what the process is also very important.
0: It's also very easy to see through actually. Huh?
3: It's the also very easy, thing. To see. Yeah, very easy to <laughs> see through
0: now. Like I've also done it by the way, so guilty as charged uh-huh. because you told. Ki if you have three, four interested people, them. because I get it done as fast as possible. So to, to get everyone over the line by saying the other person closer or whatever, right? Yeah. But you're right. It's easy to see through, so I kind of <laughs> doing it. After, after <laughs> know why. I have gotten this advice. I mean, I wasn't talking to fans of so
1: people were like, "Fomo's <laughs> <zarur> a <karna." laughs> <laughs> But clearly, I think today I've learned that that's, that's not a yeah, good idea.
5: Um, I
1: think nothing significant to add really. Respect is is the only one, right? I think. Very few conversations where I was fortunate, where I felt after the first discussion, unless you know that just wasn't the vibe check, where the person is not necessarily disrespectful, they just are on a different wavelength. Uh, is when people are kind of rude, or you know, there's sometimes the power dynamic is a little awkward, uh, where people are like, you know, you should come to me with more preparation and all that, and it's a relationship of equals. And I, I would like to talk about this. Uh, because I think it is gendered, right? A lot of yeah. what you discussed with Vinita Singh in, in one of your Barbershop episodes. Um, there is, I, I think, I mean, people sometimes and bad form as Shantru said, if they behave as though, you know, they are uh, doing you a favor, uh, that's not cool. But I think early on, I felt like they were doing me a favor. So, and this is this is definitely gendered, right? It's one thing to, uh, one muscle to build is to hustle intros, right? Like write that cold email, like I at one point was asking my friends Apne company CEO's email ID, I have or you got to lose, right? So one muscle is just finding ways on the spectrum from warm intro to cold email, but the other is having the confidence to do it. I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us women especially, we feel like, like who am I, how can I, right? I got Bhavi Shagarwal's number and I sat with it for weeks and I was like, should I send this, right? It's <laughs> the worst thing that'll happen. And he responded saying very nice deck, but I don't do angel investments uh so i was (laughs) like cool but you know what what is that to lose but i think that confidence um it's a coaching chat that you had with me and i don't know if you recall but i remember shantanu saying that you know uh, you you have to have a mindset change nobody is doing you a favor are you asking them to take a chance on you yes but it's not charity right it is an investment you are going to build a great business you're going to grow their wealth So the way to look at it is not I am going and asking, uh, I'm I'm going with a request. It is I'm going with an opportunity, right? This is a great opportunity for you. Uh, And that mindset just was an absolute game changer for me. And I felt so much more confident, like if I'd see someone that I vaguely recognized, uh, to walk up to them and be like, hey, I'm building this business. And can I have your number? And I'd love to set up time to talk to you. It's not something I could have done, I think, before that conversation where I realized that there is, there is just as much for them to gain right and the language you use in the barbershop of equity seekers and um, just everyone being it's a it's a partnership Um, I I didn't have that starting out and I think a lot of women founders that I speak to uh, also don't I I remember speaking to someone who was who was at Sequoia previously Mm -hmm. and uh, she was raising and and I was asking her you know have you reached out to XYZ people uh, who we knew in common and she said no I've never met them in person so that's like so awkward how can I and I was like why not like they're wonderful people I've worked with them um, you know and I'm, I'm sure your idea is fantastic you are you are you have the right network for this you're you know super hardworking. I know they'd be interested um, so why are you feeling uncomfortable about this and then I like I paid it forward and I like I did okay. your pep talk and <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know if she, if she did the outreach eventually uh, but I just, I wanted to share that. I know it's not exactly a response to, to your question, but uh, it just, I think the thing about respect got me thinking that while the investor should not behave, be behaving as though, you know, they, they own you, uh, you also need to kind of give yourself um, like, know, know the worth of what you are bringing to the table and not be like, you know, please, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> that's, uh, that's not the truth of it, right? Uh, there's, there's an opportunity for them
0: awesome yes wow okay we have have a lot of questions i don't want people to not ask questions a lot of questions we'll cover over i think we'll be here socially as well but we'll want to we'll go through them quickly yes (laughs)
5: But I feel kiya hai ki apne words <laughs> and i'm glad that you log yahan i have tried another this breakfast stuff with co-founders female co-founders and this is amazing okay Interest nahi tha taraf se, and uh, they didn't ask any question. After 15 minutes, uh, one of them said, uh, problem kya solve karo? And I was like, damn, abhi dha 15 minutes and um, in another pitch, I realized that uh, when one of my co-founder was there, they were interacting like anything. I don't know e kis ko se tha, ki, um, in India, male-female interaction that's why confidence that ask But I personally. So, uh, pictures female entrepreneurs to the uh, gender ratio So, first question is this. And the uh, second question is uh, startups the idea uh, that struggle, and it's
3: revenue, so uh, revenue or profit, I love that question. <laughs> uh, so, on, uh, on at least uh, the number of teams that have female founders, I would say we are far from being 50 uh, 50. Um, you know, there was, uh, there was some statistics that uh, a, a couple of years when I was uh, at business school we were doing some study which said that only 4% of the entire venture capital pool went to female founded startups, right? Can you imagine? Like just 4%. Right? So the number is obviously far from where we'd want it to be and there is a long way to go. Um, I'd say it's a lot less than half today. Um, maybe you know we can chat offline I can share more experience in case you know you know what that number looked like for uh, you know past few months but uh, and that is also the reason why you know twinkle was a part of uh, the spark program uh, which is a fellowship program specifically for female founders and what you mentioned about (coughs) the breakfast club or you know the event that you went to I think the community piece really does help right uh, and finding like-minded folks and maybe in, 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 in some of these cases like-minded folks could be other female founders is very important and to be able to find that tribe so it could be through such programs i, I think bloom also runs this uh, vani of kalari also runs an amazing cxxo initiative I think all of these events and more such initiatives. Thanks, Shantanu for also putting this together. Are actually amazing places to be able to find that tribe. Um, and I know I would say not only as founders, I feel like just as a professional also, right? Uh, being surrounded by more, uh, you know, women uh, is is definitely something that I would say is a much better place to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answered your question. Maybe we'll chat offline more on uh, what what's the speak like.
4: Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, who is sitting like uh, on the pitch with you and <coughs> some founder who is the male? He's been like treating the other co-investor who is male some differently. Mm-hmm. Like you it's know, very interesting question. a very, interesting question. Uh, That's yeah. a very interesting question. Yeah, <laughs> I I just want to understand that because I've been also facing this a lot uh, on the other forums. Means means being women, you are actually not taken seriously, and uh, kind of the effort that you. Um, You have to do proving a point is four times higher than a man equivalent in your position has to do.
3: Right. I would say, in pitch meetings specifically, uh, I have felt fortunately it's been, I have felt that it it was equitable. Um, And this also probably is a function of just the relationship between an investor and a founder. Right? Uh, The founder is pitching to a fund but not specifically to me Mm -hmm. right Um, and so that could be a caveat but have been fortunate enough on that front i would also see a lot of my colleagues right uh, even if the question or the founder deflects toward answering to them right my colleagues would you know instantly say you know prachi here actually leads most of our xyz investments and you know she'll be the, you know so there is a lot of also responsibility on people around you i feel yeah. to so be good. able to make sure that it is equitable and so fortunate on that uh, especially on the team that i am that i get to experience that though i, I will say that uh, the kind of relationships that you build and the kind of effort which is needed could be different mm-hmm. right so i work with both kind of teams where there are female founders there are mix and there are only male founders right and the kind of relationships that i would have with each are not to say that are, are better or worse, but they are just different, right? Um, so one of our first investments actually was Animal. This is, a, a f- uh, a, you know, both the, the five team, uh, but the CEO and COO um, are women. So the relationship that I have with Neetu and Kirti actually is very different, I would say. Now it's also been three years. Uh, is, I would say is very different as compared to maybe the other relationships that I'd have.
0: That is a very interesting point. Yes, someone in the back had raised their hands. Uh, Hi, Can I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Devika. So My question is a
5: follow-up question to you. The limited I am uh, a limited Have of course, you being a founder who is into just Irish say what? Yeah. And you would an angel investor, but would a VC be invested in The Second, yes, so what's the best?
0: What's your name? Sari? Manasuri. Sorry. sorry? What I think Prachi can take that. But can I give one like one thing for everyone here? I think women in general, and I might you might agree or disagree with me, but I there's a very strong point of view. I think women underball themselves a lot more than men do, all else equal. So cons like consciously try to not do it. For example, in your sentence, I would not say with my limited knowledge at all. So language defines mindset, attitude, behavior. If you say limited knowledge, you believe it and then so will the other person and then your baseline is different. So with the exhaustive point <laughs> of view that you have, <laughs> I would like to you to answer the question.
3: So the answer is yes, um, but in every VC has a different risk appetite. You know, and that's why every VC has certain stages. Everyone's like, okay, no, we'll only do Series A onward, Series B onward. We only do like pre-seed, etc. So you will find the kind that you're looking for as per stage, and there are enough and more venture capitalists, solo capitalists, angels, micro VCs. All of these folks in the ecosystem. Right? Uh, but a good place to start especially if you're in ideation phase could also be looking uh, toward folks you've worked with before. So for a lot of folks sitting here it could be that your first checks came from either your friends, family or the, the, the managers. managers, yeah, senior yes. managers, all of these folks that you've worked with right? because they know you from before so with the idea they can also underwrite you as a founder. So that's also a good place to start. On the benchmark thing again no right answer. Um, and, you know, uh, I wish maybe I can, maybe the, whatever you're working on, we can chat offline and I can maybe give uh, with that color, I can tell you more about benchmarks, but, you know, it would goes anywhere from, you know, zero, which is pre-launch and just maybe the product is there to about uh, maybe even, you know, a million or two, uh, depending on the sector, right? Uh, for software, it's very different. CPG, it's different. Maybe for B2B businesses, it's very different. So hard to put one benchmark for all type of companies.
0: Awesome. People who are raising hands while sitting, I can only see hands go up. So I cannot even say who who, I got. Just ask one. So I'm Varshubha from long State. I think most of you know about the community. The community with 41,000 plus
4: students, very popular in NCR. Um, So, very interesting conversation and congratulations to you all. We do have a large number of uh, entrepreneurs inside the community. Uh, my question is uh, you know uh, when you go to uh, seeking investors so how much of information do you share I mean how do you choose what you should share and what should you not yeah I think that's a fantastic question I that would be a great <laughs> uh, you know, guidance for many of us
0: can I answer that and you guys should also do it but
4: because please. for all of you I think you have invented created something new so it's not easy that you go around especially when you're going to take a large number of investors I'm sure you would have uh, met many more uh, to shortlist those 41 and 36 so what is the red flag how should we go about it
0: my strong belief on this is there is absolutely no downside to oversharing there is only upside to sharing your story investors typically very few times if at all would take your ideas, have the brains to <laughs> copy them, then pass it on to a competitor, who will then think they are good ideas, who will then execute them, even half as good as you, it's not going to happen. But the upside is if you tell your story with flavor of numbers, insights, whatever it is that you think is telling the story of Gurgaon moms, the chances are you excite the person with the maximum chance, who will then go and tell 10 people, ki pata hai Shubha kya kar hai? dude, it's amazing. And then you don't have to do the pitching at all once you tell a great story with all the flavor the pitching kind of happens in Mine the said, background yeah. right so sometimes founders will request an nda to be signed and investors in general well reputed investors have absolutely no incentive to copy or take notes and give it to a portfolio company where it'll be useful we all think this all founders think this in their heads very early ki yaar, <laughs> i think it's i might be wrong also but my personal I to, Whatever I tell investors, I tell in the press, I tell on the barbershop, I don't care. Like because unless by the way, unless you're a tech company where for example, IP. like there's IP or there is a part of your yeah. code, which is very, very like patentable and so on. Only in those very specific cases, you should not share and like get ironclad NDAs and consequence management for that. Otherwise, it's I think yeah. uh, I would like to just add
1: to that. I think there was something that we were talking about earlier where, uh, you know, you need to be on the same page as the investor. Uh, so being as honest as you can be is very helpful in terms of having the same expectations, right? Prachi spoke about expectation alignment. Uh, so being super transparent uh, is helpful. I think where the, the place that I would draw the I completely agree with Shantanu is IP, right? If there is something that um, if it's code or like in, in our business, you know, it's formulations or it's formulator maybe or things like that, right? Which are very, very precious, like which are absolutely at the core maybe you don't want to share that uh, if the, and the investor will not ask you for that also because they, they don't want you to disclose anything that is IP or that is kind of the source of your IP mm. other than that you should absolutely tell the entire story and if it scares somebody off you don't want them on your cap table anyway <laughs> right because <laughs> there's going to be ups and downs so a mature investor will not be scared off by um, you know the, the truth of building a business hopefully they'll know that that's how it goes uh, but it, it just helps, like alignment is,
2: is super important. Yeah, I think, uh, I think two things. <coughs> One, really, I think I'm realizing this more and more. Everyone used to tell me this, but it is building a business is all about execution. Mm-hmm. It's very little to do with the idea right. and everything to do with the execution. <coughs> there, are, there are like thousand small decisions that we will probably be making on a daily basis. And the culmination of all of that is what builds the business and not just the idea. And and I, I understand where you come from because I think in the early stages, I was very protective about, you know, should I even be talking about this idea? Should I talk about my, uh, my industry? Should I talk about the, the kind of products I'm going to build? You know, feel very protective. But then I think a lot of people kind of guided me at that point that the more you share, the more you'll iterate and the more you'll learn. Should I continue?
0: That's fine. The episode will have like a dark moment of
2: it. Go ahead. First thing was execution. But the second thing is all about really improving the version of your existing thinking. So the more the number of people that I spoke with, I realized that I really iterated and improved my idea. The kind of questions they asked. Sometimes I was like, oh, why did I not think about this? So I think those are the two things, execution no one can copy and uh, your idea just keeps getting better the more number of people you speak with, of course IP exception. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll have a couple of questions and then we can kind of move into like food and drinks. Yes, yes,
4: yes. Nikita
0: and uh, Twinkle, the question is, you know, startup
1: founders are hustlers. You have to hustle every day, day in, day out, even while you're sleeping, you're hustling. So what is it that you do to bring that calmness back into your life? So that next day you can get up and go out in the same energy. Um, honest answer, I, life is not calm right now. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like it's, it's one of those things, you know, I know I should start going to the gym. I know I should, you know, get a therapist, uh, you know, you, you keep putting it off. Uh, so I, I haven't cracked it. Uh, I, I also, I think I have poor boundaries.
2: So I'm trying to solve that. I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I think uh, for me personally, staying calm and wellness is extremely important given we are building a wellness company. So I think just a few tactical tips. One, I do try to exercise at least three to four times a week. I'll not say it's that easy, but I think it's a very important uh, metric of whether my week was nice. So my week. Uh, Week success just does not depend on whether I had great meetings or did I do something great at work. But now I feel a little bad if I don't exercise (laughs) four times a week. So of course identify what you like the most but I I do feel that exercise has that meditative effect on you and it really kind of helps calm you down. And then the second thing as entrepreneurs you know we have this urge uh, or itch to work weekends. And I think I've made a conscious call that I'm in it for a really long time. I'm, I'm going to be doing this for decades. So I do not want to burn out. So I think for me, having weekends off is a very, uh, is, is, is a conscious choice I've made right from the beginning that I'm not going to work weekends unless it's absolutely necessary. But yeah, I think those are the two kind of important things. I think it's all, you never do it perfectly. But I think just having it as a priority and trying to do it even imperfectly uh, takes is at least one step forward. I think that helps me be a little bit saner than usual. How to do handle do FOMO in such case? Sorry? How to handle FOMO, FOMO in such case? Yeah, I think a lot of FOMO is very, uh, very Instagram driven. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, I think the times when I'm feeling most FOMO or I'm not feeling so great or it's not been the greatest week, on during those weeks I try to stay off Instagram because I do not want additional triggers telling me that someone's having an amazing vacation, someone's probably, you know, doing yeah, better yeah, than I am. slogging one And
4: glorifying Glorifying that. Yeah.
1: Uh, glorifying that, right? glorifying
3: that. yeah
0: people think, who are slogging on weekends and glorifying it on Instagram are not slogging.
3: slogging. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you you're gonna ask a question. Yeah yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Sachi,
1: and I run a new age sexual wellness brand called That Sassy Thing. Um, We've been bootstrapping for two years and now we're in the fundraising mode. Um, So my question is actually linked to what you were talking about Nikita about self-doubt as women, Um,
4: how do you guys handle rejection?
1: Don't sit with that thought, talk about it, right? Talk about it to friends, mentors, partner, you know, whoever. uh, And that'll help you kind of remove your ego from the situation and realize that typically rejection happens because of a mismatch in maybe someone, um, their thesis doesn't match yours uh, and things like that. It's hardly ever a judgment on your self worth, but it's very hard. And as women, I think self doubt is, is definitely, it is definitely a more gender thing. Uh, so I, I do tend to go there, but then I, I think when I talk to my husband or you know a colleague or, or, a, or an advisor, they kind of help me understand that it isn't that there is something that you are lacking or that you're not good enough. It's that it wasn't it wasn't the right fit, right? And uh, it's for the best if things haven't worked out when they were not the right fit. So I think just talking about it um, is the only way to uh, to pull yourself kind of out of out of that weird zone that you go into and get that perspective again that it's 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 not personal. Awesome. Right. I, so I, I, I,
2: I Hi guys, I have a question just
3: a
0: Hold on, thought, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go, ahead, go, ahead, go. Ahead. It up yes, me. yes, very much. Uh,
1: so I'm Humani. I come from of course India Network. We are uh, VCP for the startup and love to talk to any of you in the room. But I just want to ask you a question: what would be the first 15 seconds if you judge? Like you're sitting in a room, you have somebody coming and presenting to you, pitching to you. In fifteen seconds, what is it that you see? I mean, does
0: a decision take place in those first 15-20 seconds? Or do you wait through? I mean I just wanted
3: to get that. So Prachi I'm assuming. Yeah, I and mean, thanks I mean uh, honestly like in the first fifteen seconds or even fifteen minutes it's too short a time, I would say, uh, to be able to judge or to you know, build an opinion. It it does take at least for me, it takes at least two to three meetings to be able to get to you know some sort of decision um, and I think as um, and, and maybe you will also relate to it is that I think one of the things I've been able to I've had to unlearn and also sort of uh, educate myself is that I was an operator before and so you have a very deterministic mindset right you have to make a decision or not uh, this is right this is wrong Right, uh, but as maybe now in this role, uh, I have to be more probabilistic. Which is, it is possible that I may be wrong, I may be right, but I need more time to basically be able to prove out one way or the other. So that is my thinking, more going into it. So it ju- does take two, three, two, three meetings. First 15 seconds or first 15 minutes, honestly, is maybe too short at least for me.
1: I am Juju Krishna and I run a you know product of India where we capture the Canada experiences. I have a question when I'm going and pitching uh, for investor, because one doubt which scares me is what if the investor starts uh, giving their opinions about my business and starts you know uh, if, uh, making decisions for us, maybe trying to influence us with their mindset. So how do you deal with that? So that what if the investor starts running my own business? So what if they start doing
4: their lot uh, my you? You?
0: Not you're into you restaurant. Um, mm. yeah, uh, I I can take that and maybe you guys uh, should answer as well. Uh, my strong view is nobody and investors understand this well. Nobody understands the business and the intricacies of the business the way founders do for the first three four years. Okay, after an investor founder relationship is maybe four or five years old maybe a senior set of colleagues who have been in the business and have built it out are there. Then I think information that is enough to take calls that are pivotal to the company, start flowing into people outside the founders. And I think everyone gets this. So if you feel that someone is disagreeing with you or giving you opinions about your business, just remember that that is an additional input for you to take the best call okay it is not even if someone dis- like i have disagreements with my board all the time but it doesn't mean that they run the company it just means that they're giving giving me one of 10 inputs my senior team will give me an input they will give me an input customers will give you an input a distributor will give you an input and they might align with you they might not your job is to consolidate all of that in a meaningful way as a founder and take the best call putting your company first always and trust me for a long period of time at least for me for maybe four or five years I realized and people told me this explicitly what I'm telling you that no one will know what's best for your company other than you that's the unfortunate weight that you have to carry for some time just treat this as as an input oh. it's okay it's okay for disagreement to happen yeah. Like, just take it as an scared input
4: about Thank you. all right
0: we have one last question then we like kind of open it
3: Answer to question one is yes, very important. Number two is MBA is not needed. Uh, you do not need uh, any sort of degree or any sort of experience, particularly to be able to prove that you are the best fit to build that business. All you need essentially is you know the f- few things that we spoke in the, uh, earlier in the podcast one, which is good insight about you know why this product. Uh, is needed in the market today and your dedication and understanding probably of the market. That is all. Um, but I I would also suggest that you should also try and surround yourself with, you know, builders, people who actually, uh, you know, built in this space before, right? Try to build that network so that you are able to at least, um, you know, you'll end up making mistakes, but they won't be expensive mistakes.
0: One suggestion I would have, we, I don't know whether you saw, we saw, we did an investment in a company called Woodsman which is affordable. Whiskey, whiskey, right? whiskey. Shivam ginglani is the founder i'll connect you to him separately but um, one thing you should know is of course regulation is crucial distribution uh, cliques are very very strong mm. government lobbies are very very strong it's a, there's a reason why alcohol is a difficult business to distribute okay so understand that well you're fresh out of college you're starting a new company so please make sure you do that so on regulation plus what are the power centers of of of, of distribution right that's one Second is, other than Bira, private capital in alcohol is tricky because there are always LPs who will have, who won't want. So, for example, after Bira, I don't know, there's not been any venture capital investment and for a good reason in alcohol because LPs have that bar that like education funds, endowments, you know, pension funds, etc. will say we don't want to invest in alcohol, for example, right? Or tobacco, for example. Um, and that's fine because that's just values for them. So you have to understand what pool of capital is available to you. You also need to know that private equity, for example, large private equity. you look at any blue chip private equity fund in India. Typically, their LPs will in fact even have a higher stringent to say, you cannot invest in any company where, for example, alcohol or whatever, where even any other part of the supply chain, I cannot have a portfolio company in any part of the world which makes it so much more difficult to get access to private equity, you know, above $100 million, for example, right? So it is a tough, you will need money. It's regulation. Distribution power centers are very difficult. Having said that, because it's difficult, sometimes the pot of gold is very, very very big, right? So you will always have strategic investors. You have large companies like Amy InBev, uh, you know, Perno, etc., who have their own investment terms. But identify pools of capital before you jump into this, because it's not a straightforward answer. We'll talk to Shimon for sure, awesome, cool, uh, Prachi, Twinkle, Nikita, I'm hoping you guys are hanging around for dinner and yes. for drinks and so yeah. on so you guys <laughs> will get access um, but thank you so much guys for being such an involved audience, sorry about the electricity break and for the ACs to switch off and all that and uh, you know this is the first time we're doing it, I know that maybe some of you are uncomfortable but uh, uh, you know do give us feedback but thank you for being an amazing audience, thank you so much. But I think the party starts now.